So we're continuing our series now on Fruits of the Spirit. So far we've talked about love and we've talked about joy. And last week we shared about ways to find joy and how to have joy when life is tough. And this week we're looking at peace. And I've loved reading through the Bible this week and seeing how often peace is mentioned. I think it's 249 times, which is a lot. Um, so last Sunday after church I noticed that a song was being released on YouTube. It's a song called The Blessing which was written recently in America and the version being sent out last week was 65 different churches from around the UK singing this song which is to it's taken directly from the Bible from the book of Numbers and I really hope you've been able to see it. I've listened to it loads of times this week and if you haven't seen it yet the link is on our Facebook page and on our website um, but the scripture that it's taken from says this it's Numbers chapter 6 starting at verse 22 the Lord said to Moses tell Aaron and his sons this is how you're to bless the Israelites say to them the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And it's also known as the ironic blessing. And we can tell from this scripture that God just loves to bless his people. All blessing truly comes from God. And true blessing from him is higher than happiness or wealth or comfort. And at the moment, you know, it feels like everything's shifted. We can't necessarily rely on those things so much. It feels like guarantees have been stripped away in some areas for some of us. But it says the Lord bless you and keep you. He keeps us in these uncertain days. And last year, a certain phrase came to my attention. It's the phrase, God's got this. And it was following the tragic death of a pastor in America and his wife and family shared that no matter what the situation and the pain, God's got this. He is with us in our grief and suffering. And that phrase, God's got this, became so meaningful to us. And when I read the Lord bless you and keep you here in this passage, I was reminded of it and I thought, God's got this. And I just want to encourage you today, whatever lockdown means to you or coronavirus, whatever's going on in life, whether it's a slower pace of life, whether it's ramped right up and it's a busier pace of life, whether you're a key worker or whether you're at home, I just want to encourage you today that God's got this and this blessing that has sung and that is from the Bible is for you today. He makes his face shine on you and is gracious to you. I love that idea of his face shining. He looks on us. He's pleased and it's not because of who we are or what we've done, but it's because we are in Jesus and he's gracious towards us. I love that idea that he just shows tender mercy towards us. And of course, the last part of the verse is, and give you peace. And peace is what we really want to talk about today. And peace, the Hebrew word is shalom. And that is God's word for wholeness and goodness. And that is the abundant life that Jesus has promised us. So the, lo the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 
And I just want to share that with you this morning, wherever you are. The Lord is the one who gives you peace. So that's the first kind of thing to, to really say this morning about peace. Peace comes from God. And Psalm 29 verse 11 affirms this again. It says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And Psalm 85 says he promises peace to his people. That's his promise to you and God keeps his promises. And throughout the Old Testament, or even in the Old Testament, we're foretold that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is what gives us peace. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So because of the cross, because Jesus died and rose again, that punishment was on him, and that brings us peace and healing because of Jesus. And he's called in scripture the Prince of Peace. And Jesus himself talks about peace. Um, and one of the verses we shared this last week, I'm going to share it again now. It's John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus himself says to us, you may have peace, even though there's trouble, I have overcome the world, I am with you, I can give you peace. And when Jesus dies on the cross, he, he rises again and after the resurrection, he appears to his disciples at different times. And we can read about that in John 20. But the very first thing he says to them when he appears to them at different times is, peace be with you. So he must have known that in all the turmoil and the unknown of what's happened and what does this mean, the disciples needed peace. He knows what we need and he knows that we need peace. So peace comes from God through Jesus and it's in him we have peace. It's his blessing to us and it's his promise to us. And I myself have experienced this peace from God in a really profound way. And even in the midst of the most devastating circumstances. Um, last year when our dear friend um, passed away, I just... I remember I have this really vivid memory of one moment in the house and this lady from church I just was so you know just didn't know where to turn what to do what to say and this lady from church just gave me a really big hug and the words of this song came into my head it's a song called tremble which we sang in church but the first line of it is peace bring it all to peace the storm surrounding me and I can vividly remember the person hugging me and the words of that song and peace just coming even though it was awful but God's peace coming in that moment and I really believe God sows seeds in your life because it was the year before in our Christmas service that the whole talk was about peace that's what I had spoken on that's what I shared about and we'd actually played that song as part of the service and I felt like when I needed it most, God reminded me of what I myself had shared. He is my peace and he gives me peace and he reminded me of the words and he reminded me of that song. So I just want to encourage you today from my own experience 
that things that you do now will create peace in your future. So, you know, I thought about peace. I prepared to speak about it. I shared about it. I listened to songs about it. And then months and months later in that moment when I needed peace most of all, God brought that to me and reminded me. So as you choose to get to know God now, as you choose to draw near to him, that trust, that strength, you know, those foundations you build today will bring you peace when trouble comes. So we get peace from God by asking him, by relying on his promises. And there's other ways we can get peace too. Of course, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, like we've been sharing from Galatians 5. And we develop those fruits of the Spirit by remaining in the vine, Jesus, by abiding, as we shared last week when we talked about joy, as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, as we invite God through the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our minds. Romans 8, 6 tells us, The mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So, you know, when we just live how we want, going after everything we want, that doesn't bring us peace. But when we seek God and our minds become governed by the spirit, that is life and peace. It's what it says in this verse. And as I said before, that peace is because of Jesus and because of the cross. That's reiterated again in Romans 5 1 therefore since we have been justified through faith or faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and I really believe that our minds our bodies and our souls are linked so when we have peace in our hearts and peace in our minds it benefits our health and our bodies too and Paul shared before that the book of Proverbs has loads of wisdom and things to learn from in Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So that's another good reason to seek peace and ask God for it. It benefits our mind, body and soul. And I love this promise again that God makes in Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That word steadfast, you know, staying strong. And those of us who struggle with anxiety and fear, and f that peace does not come easy, we know very often that the battle is in our minds. And sometimes those things are so deep-rooted that we need extra professional help too. So I pray this morning that our minds can be steadfast, our trust can grow, and that our peace can grow stronger. And again, I've really experienced this in my own life. Um, I, I was just remembering when I was thinking about all of this that when our children were much younger, when they were small, I, I was really struggling with a fear of, you know, what would I do if something happened to one of them? Or what would happen to them if something happened to me and I couldn't look after them? And, you know, I think it kind of just, crept up on me without me realising. I just remember one particular day sitting in the hairdressers in Coleraine getting my hair cut and chatting to um, the girl about someone whose child had had an accident in the town and sadly had died and I just said I could never get over that and she said 
well, you may be able to, you know, and it's that moment that it suddenly hit me, gosh, this fear is, you know, not everyone thinks like me, this fear has really taken hold of my life, and I started to realise it more and more, like, in a magazine, I could not read a story about a really sick child, or a child who had died, or a mother who died, and there's a really good Christian book at the time called The Shack, um, you know, describing the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and personifying them. It was a, a novel and I everyone was telling me this is a great book, you have to read this book and I literally couldn't read it because I knew part of it was about a child dying and it sat by my bed for ages and I just couldn't do it. And I, that fear had started to rob me of peace and I just remember two significant times where God really broke through and helped me. It was one time, it was when we planted the church here but we hadn't started Sundays and we were going up to Belfast City Vineyard and um, I can't even remember the talk but the person at the end said if there's people, there's someone here who has a fear of death and we'd love to pray for you and I wouldn't have said that oh I'm afraid of that but I jumped to my feet before I even realised and they were so kind and they prayed with me and took time with me and I felt like God really did a deep work. I can remember it specifically in my mind. And again, a few months later, I was doing a counselling course at the time and we had a summer school and again, in worship and through what was said and then an invitation to prayer and I just felt as people prayed for me, God really met with me and he broke something in me and I realised that deep fear that hold that had come into my life was gone and that I could have peace again but like that was a journey that didn't happen all at once and I had to be open to that to let God break through and to help me with the fear that had taken root in my mind and that was robbing me of peace so I just wanted to share that to say that you know we have you know we're active in this not passive and those of us who have struggled in this way and perhaps I've had or having therapy or help with it, specific help, know that mostly it doesn't just change overnight. We need to unlearn old habits and thought patterns and relearn new ones. And we have to create new disciplines in our lives and God can help us with this. It's like sowing seeds, planting, the harvest is worth it, a harvest of peace when we make ourselves vulnerable, make ourselves available, you know, all of those things, you know, and Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So this morning, if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you, if peace is hard to take hold of in your life, please don't give up. Draw near to God, search for it in his word as you read the Bible. Declare it as you worship him, as you sing loud in your living room or whatever you do in the car. Ask for prayer. Keep showing up. If you need more help, ask for help. And these disciplines, the things you do will produce a harvest of peace. So, uh, you know, I just really felt prompted to share that this morning. And of course, as we're chatting about all these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace and all, they're all linked together. So last week we shared about joy and abiding and finding joy and we shared verses from Philippians chapter 4 and these are relevant again today as we talk about peace. 
It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's another way today for us to find peace, to rejoice, be thankful, pray, present your request to God. And it says here, the peace that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And thankfulness and having joy is a way to find peace in our lives. And there's different ways we can do that. I've heard of people getting a thankfulness jar and getting paper and writing things they're thankful for and storing them up in the jar and then after a month or a while you take them all out and you remind yourself of the things you're grateful for and a few years ago I read this beautiful book called 1000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp and she shared how she decided that she was going to keep a journal and write down 1000 things she was thankful for and that God brought her on an amazing journey through doing that and she wrote a book about that which is amazing. So being thankful is a way to bring peace and joy. And I love those verses in Philippians and something that stood out to me when I read it was the peace that God gives transcends understanding. So that means sometimes we're not going to understand everything. You know we have to bypass understanding to get peace. And we were talking about that in my life group because we've been doing the prayer course and that sometimes we have to give up on the question why God we have to give up a wee bit on understanding because we're not always going to get the answer so you could be asking why is this happening to me and you just you might not know but if you switch the question around and you say where are you God he's always going to answer because he's always there in the midst of it even if it's hard you know, like Jesus being present in the boat through the storm, he is there to give us peace. And sometimes we need to live in the mystery, you know, we, we won't understand and sometimes that's how we're going to get peace. So God is the one who gives us peace and there are ways to find this peace in him. And the last thing I wanted to, to share that I really learned from reading about peace in the Bible this week is that we are called to live in peace. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And I know that we're, you know, we can't possibly agree with everyone about everything. That's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean you can't live in peace. And you might not agree with someone, but you can still have honour and respect. And it says here, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And you know, I've seen around me and I've heard of people who just fall out with other people and say, oh, well, that's just the way it is. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. You know, again, in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 11, it, it kind of reinforces this because it says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you so strive for full restoration encourage one another live in peace 
you know, sometimes we might need to ask ourselves, am I making every effort in this to do this? You know, this is a biblical thing. You know, you can't just ignore that. So we've seen in our lives and in the, the church, you know, the enemy loves to divide people. He loves to cause bitterness and hurt. So how do you live in peace when things are difficult? And some of you might be sitting there thinking, look, this won't really affect me. You know, I'm an easygoing person. I get along with people. But no matter how much we think that is true, sometimes there can be misunderstandings between people, maybe because of lack of communication, you know, even if we didn't mean it. And for me personally, I find that's quite often what brings lack of peace in my life if there's some kind of conflict or someone's misunderstood me you know what I meant and have you done that before where you like you replay the conversation in your head or you have an imaginary conversation of in your head of well I would say this if they said that you know and you make up things you want to say so quite often those conflicts in our life are the things that can rob us of peace so I just wanted to end with sharing a few thoughts on how to help us restore peace and resolve conflict so here we go the first thing is you might need to take the initiative to resolve the conflict so you might not think it was you you might not think you've done anything wrong. You might think, well, I didn't provoke the person. But the moment you sense there's a problem in the relationship, if you take the first step towards writing it, that can be a wonderful thing to do. So I would also say, you know, try to talk to the person face to face. It is very unlikely you're going to resolve any conflict by emailing them or texting them or whatever because you can't read the body language, you can't see their face, you know, and things are misunderstood on those things which we have found out a lot. <laughs> so um, also, you know, this is clear in the Bible as well. Matthew eighteen fifteen says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and, there, and you remember there that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So, you know, we need to be right with other people before we come to Jesus. And um, I hope this is okay to say, but Paul and I sometimes have these conversations and we call it putting on your big girl pants or your big boy pants. So he'll say well if that thing's going on and there's a misunderstanding you're gonna have to put on your big girl pants and go and talk to that person you know and also remembering that you know the relationship's more important than being right or wrong so before you start a conversation you know you know say this is this is important to talk about because you're important to me and your our friendship or relationship or whatever it is is important um, Ephesians 4.3 says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace so you need to you might need to make the first move basically secondly listen attentively to the other person as they share how they see things so if, if you let the per other person speak first while well, you listen with your heart your eyes and your ears without like going but but trying to butt in trying to get angry trying to defend yourself if you hear the hurt in that person's voice and you empathise and you don't interrupt them and you let them finish, 
that could change everything because quite often the other person just needs and wants to be heard so that's the second thing listen really listen attentively thirdly validate their feelings without minimizing their concerns you know sometimes to be truthful you might be thinking i don't understand why they feel like that but that is how they feel so acknowledge it without arguing or challenging or diminishing their feelings and then ask them to listen to you and james one says everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So if we, if we just listen to that, that would go a long way. Then fourthly, you can tell your story, you know, share with the person, I think you've misunderstood or you've perceived this not in a way that I meant it. Don't blame them though in that, but let it's okay as well to let the person know that you're upset by this whole situation or your feelings are hurt, but share your side of the story. And then fifthly, if you apologise, if you say sorry and ask forgiveness for your part, that again can be transformational. If you forgive without your own agenda or expectation, that will probably surprise the other person. That will de-escalate the whole argument. You know, it will disarm them if you ask for forgiveness. You're taking responsibility for your part. And it says, bear with each other, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's in Colossians 3. So, um, and finally, the sixth thing. Work out how you can stop this happening again. Discuss how to avoid future conflict. You know, maybe set some ground rules for communication for how you're going to go forward in your relationship and if you're both Christians if you can pray together that's amazing but if we learn how to resolve conflict in a biblical way that brings peace that is the way of Jesus and that is so important so I realize that was quite a lot of information but I just think those principles could transform the way we do relationships in our families in our church and our community if we just took some of that on board and right now there might be some of you sitting thinking about someone you're in conflict with someone you know you've had a disagreement with and you might want to put that right I did just want to say one thing about this that you do need to think about safety and abuse so sometimes it's not always possible to resolve things and in an abusive situation you need to keep safe boundaries so that is part of this as well but if you're if it's a normal disagreement you know conflict can really rob us of peace and we need to take responsibility and think what's my part in this how can I resolve it and how can I restore peace because that's going to give us peace at the end of the day so yeah that was quite a big one but if you read through the New Testament all the letters Paul wrote read Romans Corinthians Galatians Ephesians Philippians, Letters and Thessalonians, and John, Peter, Timothy, you will read they all say at the start of every letter, grace and peace to you. And that is what God is saying to you today. I believe he wants to give grace and peace to us today. How much do we need that in this situation? Um, it's been a long few weeks and we're uncertain of how things will look, what's going to happen next. So we really do need God's grace and peace.
And I just want to finish with a verse from Romans 15:13, And this is going to be my prayer for us today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me just finish by praying for us all today. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that some of that was helpful and I will post all those verses, so many verses I find about peace and I'll post some of those on our Facebook page. But let me pray for us now. Lord, I thank you that peace comes from you. Peace that passes understanding. Lord, I thank you, God, that you can help us to live at peace with one another. And I just pray that you will help us to resolve things where peace needs to come in relationships, that you will give us courage if we need to go first, and the patience to listen that would be slow to speak and quick to listen. Lord, I just pray that you would pour out grace and peace on us today. I thank you that it's available because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and because of the Holy Spirit. And help us pursue peace by abiding in you and let it overflow in our lives. Peace be with you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.